uh, Princess Bride. It's before your time. Now, if, if a cardiac cell survives, if a cardiac cell survives, three things can happen to it. In an effort to avoid damage from the lack of oxygen, it may become stunned. Stunned cells do not contract, and that persists from hours to days. Remember, we said most clots, what will they do by themselves? They'll resolve. So what these cells do is they go into hiding and they pretend like they're not heart cells and they're waiting for the MI to get better so they can start pumping again. That lasts from hours to days. Now, sometimes the ischemia, the ischemia becomes chronic. And so rather than being stunned, they hibernate. So these cells are going to wait until perfusion is restored, and this can be months later. Now, if you restore normal blood flow to the heart, guess what will happen? These two types of heart cells will recover and become normal again. But there's a third option, and that third option is remodeling. These are cells that don't contract normally, and they're caused by angiotensin II catecholamines and inflammatory cytokines. Basically, these are heart cells that grow oversized, but don't really work right. They still require a lot of oxygen, but they don't help the heart contract. You can think of them as kind of a scar tissue. What are they mediated by? Angiotensin II and catecholamines. Now, do we know any drugs that block those two things? Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, the answer is always yes whenever I ask that, but what are they? What? Statins? Not exactly. Well, yes, a little bit. Statins can inhibit these inflammatory cytokines. But what, we haven't talked about those yet. I'm wanting things you've talked about. Nope, calcium channel blockers do not inhibit angiotensin II or catecholamines. What do we know that inhibits catecholamines? Beta blockers. So we can use beta blockers to prevent heart remodeling. What else will it do to our, um, to our uh, hypoxic injury? What's it going to do to our hypoxic injury? Cardiac output is impaired in an MI, which causes epinephrine and norepinephrine to be released. They in turn make the heart pump faster and stronger, which causes further damage, giving a beta blocker. What will it do? It's going to prevent that damage from taking place as much. So in a heart attack, it's very important that we give a beta blocker. Now, Hang on, hang on. Now, what about the angiotensin II? Do we have anything that blocks angiotensin? Yeah. What? <laughs> You're not allowed to say yes unless you have the what from now on. ACE inhibitors and... So smart. You probably wrote that on her arm. 
angiotensin receptor blockers, ARBs. We didn't learn about those. So angiotensin receptor blockers and, um, and ACE inhibitors both inhibit angiotensin 2. So they will both prevent cardiac remodeling in an MI. Yes, ma'am. Say that again. Like after the stunning and the hibernation part, you know, he's right. Yes. Stunning and hibernation preserve the heart cells so they don't die. Then if if the blood supply goes back to normal, then they'll return to normal. And now what if it happens again? If Are they stronger for the next No, there it doesn't matter. Well, it's cells that are affected by the hypoxia. So, like, if you have, if you have, a, um, say, you have a myocardial infarction in the left circumflex, it's not going to happen on the other side of the heart. Right. Okay. Now, let's talk about ischemic morphology. Whoa. What does that mean? Changes in cells. So... The normal response to lowered cardiac output is epinephrine and renin-angiotensin-aldosterone. Those are both going to increase oxygen demand, which is going to further damage the heart. So the heart wall will, be called, will become what we call hypoactive. So instead of pumping normally, part of it, the part that's ischemic, is going to kind of flop around a bit. That's called hypoactive. You can see that on what kind of a test. Echocardiogram, not an ECG. What else has a picture of the heart? A, a picture of the heart that you can see pump. A MUGA. And what's called fluoroscopy. MUGA, yes. Mm-hmm. EC, no, echocardiogram, not an ECG. ECG is electrocardiogram. Electrocardiogram cannot show you a hypoactive wall. You have to see a picture of the heart while it's moving. And the three things that do that are echocardiogram, MUGA, and fluoroscopy. And fluoroscopy is used in, in uh, coronary heart caths. All right. Now... The hypoactive wall might be one of three things. What are those three things that it could be? Necrosis. So the tissue could just be dead or it could be stunned or it could be hibernating. Now the damage could be what's called transmural or subendocardial. What does transmural mean? What does trans mean? Across. Across. What's a mural? Well, in, the, in English it's a painting, but in Latin it's a wall. So a mural is a painting on the wall. So across the wall. So if we sketch a heart muscle real quick like... All right. 
So if, it goes, if the damage goes from one wall all the way to the other, from the inside to the out, that's called transmural. Now, which part of this is called the endocardium? The inner part right in here. If it's just below the endocardium, that's called subendocardial. Which one of those is worse? Which one of you is right? Why don't you guys think mud wrestle or something to, so you can decide who's right? Okay. Transmural is worse because the damage goes from one side of the heart all the way through to the other side of the muscle. Subendocardial is just a little bit of that muscle. So transmural is worse because you've got more heart cells affected. Now, in addition to the heart muscle itself, we are also going to get problems with the conductile part of the heart. What is the conductile part of the heart called? Okay, well, it starts with the SA node and then AV node and then bundle of Hiss, then the Purkinje fibers. So those cells are very sensitive to myocardial damage, especially ischemia. So you're going to begin to have conductal problems, which is going to lead to things like PVCs and dysrhythmias. We'll talk about PVCs later. By the way, if the person survives the initial heart attack, what is most likely to kill them in the next 24 hours? No, not another heart attack. I'll give you a hint. It's on this page. Dysrhythmias. Now, what are we going to do as nursing types for that? We're going to monitor them. And how are we going to monitor them? ECGs or EKGs, yes. So you're going to do an electrocardiogram, and you're going to have them monitored how often? Once every hour? Twenty-four hours a day. Say again? Right, so you're going to hook them up to an ECG monitor, and that ECG monitor can either be wired into a network or wireless, and it's going to transmit to a little central station, and there's going to be a person who sits in that station all day long, looking at monitors, Waiting for beep, 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 or or something else. Okay. So how often are we going to monitor them? 24-7. Not, so the word is continuously. That is called telemetry. Yes. Echo is the abbreviation for an echocardiogram. Okay, all right, let's, let's review real quick like. An echocardiogram, what makes an echo, 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 sound? So it's going to be a picture of the heart using sound waves. ECG stands for electrocardiogram. So we're going to take a picture of the electrical conductivity of the heart. That's the difference between the two. An ECG and an EKG are the same, except EKG is the Russian spelling. It was before they were communists, so. All right, ECG changes. Yeah. 
Yeah, more drawing. Now, we're not going to do a lot of ECG stuff here in this particular class. You're going to do that in uh, MedSurge 2 and in uh, critical care. But we do need to know the major parts of, of an ECG wave. So this is called the P wave. This is called the Q, the R, the S, and this is the T. So the first thing that we can have is we can have a classic MI. A classic MI is you're going to have T wave inversion. So instead of going up, it's going to flip upside down. Also, the Q is going to be larger. That's sometimes called a Q wave MI. Also, you're going to get ST elevation. So this between the S and the T looks kind of like this. This start starts moving upwards. So that's a classic MI, sometimes called a Q wave MI, sometimes called an ST segment elevation or an ST elevation MI. Now, in addition to that, there's also something that we call a non-Q wave MI. There'll be no Q waves, and a lot of times the ST segment will be normal. These are sometimes called STEMIs and N-STEMIs. So what does STEMI stand for? ST, elevation, MI, and non-ST, elevation, MI. Now, the key behind these, the key behind knowing that difference is that if you take an ECG and you see Q waves and ST elevation, you can say this patient is having an MI. You can skip straight to, hey, the patient has an MI, let's treat them. But if you have a normal ECG, does that mean they're okay? No, because there's plenty of people, half in fact, who have heart attacks, don't show up on their ECGs. So what are we going to do for them? Check their cardiac, cardiac enzymes. All right, let's talk about the manifestations of, a, of an MI. No, go ahead. No, there's still there, I mean, there's still a Q present, but it's not enlarged like in a Q wave. Okay. Yeah. So what are the cardiac Troponin and cardiac uh, CKMB, creatinine kinase myocardial band is what the MB stands for. All right, now as far as the manifestations of the heart attack, first we have what's called prodromal phase. The prodromal phase sometimes happens 24 to 72 hours ahead of time. Person will typically feel sick and tired. Hey, kind of like you guys. Sick and tired and just kind of weak and fatigued. They just, you know, just didn't feel like getting out of bed that day. You know, I must have like a 24-hour virus. You know, sometimes women will say, I, just, I was just too tired to make the bed that day. That, I mean, I was just exhausted. 
and sometimes there'll be visual disturbances. You can think of this as kind of like, um, kind of like an aura, if you've ever had a migraine headache. Oh. Oh. I always like it when I can reinforce what you've done in other classes. So it's kind of like an aura. <laughs> in, um, in a migraine headache. Yes, ma'am. Like maybe seeing double or having floaters in their eyes or maybe like the, the, the light just looks different. Maybe they see halos around things. All right, now, in the acute phase... Yes, ma'am. What? Hey, Sandy's asking a question. No, this is, what's happening here is the clot is getting ready to, to break, but it hasn't broken yet. So you, or the, the clot, the, comp, the lesion is getting ready to become complicated, but it hasn't broken yet. So... In the acute phase, we're going to have the classic symptoms being chest pain, dyspnea, nausea, diaphoresis, weakness and fatigue, and anxiety. So, classic signs. Patient is going to have chest pain. A lot of times they'll say it feels like someone is sitting on their chest. They'll feel like they cannot catch their breath. So we've got chest pain and shortness of breath. Then in addition to that, we have um, nausea, diaphoresis. What's diaphoresis? Sweaty. Sweaty. What happens when you get nervous? You sweat. Because you've got epinephrine and norepinephrine coming out. And then you just feel weakness and fatigued, and a lot of times you feel anxious. Why anxious? Partly because of the epinephrine release, and then partly because you can't breathe. How many of you have ever been underwater, and someone's holding you down, or you just couldn't get up fast enough, and what did you start feeling? Ah, oh, freak out. That's what's happening here. Now, in addition to that, the person may look gray or ashen. What's ashen? All right. How many of you have ever seen someone who looked like they were about to faint? What happens to them? The color just goes, drains out of their face. Now, if that person is of paler skin, they may look gray or pale. If that person is of darker skin, they may look ashen. It's kind of a gray. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, pallor would be the term for a light-skinned person, and ashen or gray would be for a darker-skinned person. Then, they may be gasping because they're trying to get their breath. Clutching. What the... <laughs> <laughs> may have loss of consciousness, may be confused because there's not enough oxygen getting to their brain. Um, they may have the ECG changes and may be tachycardic and tachypnic. So those are kind of the classic signs and symptoms. Now, in addition to chest pain, how else can it come about? The chest, so sometimes it will radiate into the left arm and neck, but the chest pain can be on the right side. It can be just back pain. It can be, you know, people think it's heartburn. People just have neck pain. It's not always going to manifest as chest pain. And some people have no Okay, yes, no symptoms at all. But some patients have no chest pain at all. They only have the next one, dyspnea. 
And who's got the most common complaint of just dyspnea with no chest pain? Women. So if a woman goes into an ER and says, look, I feel really short of breath and I feel like I can't catch my breath and I feel anxious and I've got, I'm sweaty and I'm weak and I'm fatigued, what are they going to say to that girl? Well, girl, woman. If it's a girl, they'll probably say, here, to have some, have some Xanax and go home. If it's a woman, they should say, They should say, what are your cardiac risk factors? Let's take your blood pressure. What's your cholesterol? Da, da, da. Let's take an ECG. And if all of those are normal, let's keep you here for 16 hours and run some cardiac enzymes. Because the studies have shown that if we send that woman home, oh, you've got anxiety. Here, have some Xanax. Their chances of, of showing up dead are quite high. So in women... Shortness of breath by itself is not to be taken lightly. It's probably going to re be somewhere around age 45 to 50, depending on family history. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But in women, the number one presenting symptom is dyspnea. They don't come in saying it might, you know, might go, yeah, I got a little bit of stiffness, but that's just stiff. What they come in with is, I'm short of breath. So here's a picture of some of the ways that the chest pain can manifest. That's Vizzini. <clears throat> That's Vizzini. 